This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. I am Bex and I love books and I've got loads and loads of chats with authors this week. I've got Sam Copeland from Charlie Changes Into a Chicken. I've got Harriet Muncaster from her Isadora Moon books and I've got Alex Milway from Hotel Flamingo as well. But first, I know you all want to hear it. This is my big book trivia question for this week. What was the name of the last How to Train Your Dragon book? Was it A, How to Seize a Dragon's Jewel? B, how to fight a dragon's fury, or C, how to betray a dragon's hero. I'm talking jewel, fury, or hero. I'll get back to you on that a little bit later on in the show, don't you worry. First up, let's have a chat with Sam Copeland. Hello. Hello there, how are you doing? I am good now, how are you? You've got your first book out, it must be pretty exciting. It's crazy, I really can't believe it's happening, to be honest. It's, it's, it's a dream come true. Because in your in your other job, you're, you look after writers, you, you're helping them. Yes. So you're an agent. So I've seen it so many times from the other side and, and I never thought that it would ever actually happen to me. And now I'm sitting here and I've got my launch tonight and I'm doing radio for the first time in my <laughs> life. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wild ride that I'm on at the moment. Now, your book is called Charlie Changes Into a Chicken. Uh, can you give a little rundown of it for our listeners? Yes, it's about a young boy who, whenever he's stressed or anxious, turns into all sorts of crazy animals. And um, he gets into lots of fun and adventures and scrapes. And um, hopefully it's funny and hopefully it's a little bit touching. Um, well, well, so many things to say. First of all, he's got quite a lot going on in his life because his brother's not very well. Uh, he's got the school bully to contend with. It's quite a lot there. Well... I, re- I remember back to my own childhood and I had quite a lot going on in my childhood and I, I, and I was thinking about all the, the children who have got things going on in their lives and you can run about in the playground smiling and laughing but deep down you might have something going on in your life mm. which you might want to talk about or maybe find it difficult to talk about and that's what I really wanted to address in the book. Yeah, it's dealt with so uh, so kindly, I think, and so well, nicely. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, also, it's really funny... Ah, thank you very much. It's just such a funny book. Thank you. Um, so I was just saying, saying to your fair, um, I read it with Sean, who's our breakfast presenter. Okay. And we were reading it to each other and like laughing out loud, and it just immediately passed our test. We were like, "Yeah, we like this book. Excellent." Oh, that's very, very, very kind of you. And that's what I, I, I set out to begin with. Right from the outset, I wanted to write a book that was funny, and it was only everything else that came sort of afterwards, all, oh, right. all the. Uh, all the emotional bits, should I say. It, I just set out in the, to begin with, I thought, I want to write a funny book. There's Roald Dahl is my absolute hero, so uh, he's my inspiration. And also, uh, great use of footnotes as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I love writing those. They, they they tickled me. And I've never, I don't think I've read a book with footnotes in before. It really made me laugh, because I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. How did you get that idea? Well, I... I I suppose I included the footnotes because I thought there might be... And they're they're sort of unnecessary in a way. You can either read them or you can skip over them. It doesn't really matter. And I just thought it would add a little bit of extra fun, a little extra dimension. And writing it, like so many parts of the book, I was thinking, is this going to get cut out? I have no idea whether I was going to get away with it. But um, they they have squeezed in, so I'm very pleased. And they made it. Now, uh, in the book, Charlie does change into a lot of animals. Yeah. uh, Which is your favourite to write about? Because there's quite a few in there. Oh, I think my favourite are the pigeons. 
The pigeon, yeah. The French pigeons. Didn't I didn't realise pigeons were so uh, amorous. Um, who knew? Yeah, who knew? I didn't, I didn't know until I started writing, <laughs> but um, they, 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 they will appear in later books I can exclusively reveal. Oh, that's exciting. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's so great discovering the, the, the characters of animals. Yeah. Um, uh, because I've no idea until I start writing that um, wh- who you know who they are and what they are. It's been grateful. I've got to say, my favourite was the rhinoceros. Ah, was it? Yes. Okay, that was my favourite. Okay, can I ask why it's your favourite? Um, well, I don't want to ruin yeah. the story. It's uh, there is a funny moment that happens with a rhinoceros. Um, I don't want to ruin it for the for listeners. Any, for any listeners, I think we can say it's disgusting. Yes. And I'm afraid that reflects on you very poorly. <laughs> I'll take it. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. And um, you've also got um, Charlie's best friends, including Flora, who's basically a hero. She's my new favourite. Yes. She's super clever and just saves the day time and time again. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, the, 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 the friendship for me is the most important part of the book. It's the friendship between four great friends and um, that's the bit, actually, which I enjoy writing the most. The conversations between them, I, I love them. And I, 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 they have, I know it sounds mad, but they have become uh, uh, very close to my heart. And I'm, I, I feel like they are my friends. That is a lovely, a lovely note there. That's very touching. But I've got to ask, are they going to be in the second book? I assume they will be. And oh, I, yes. I feel Absolutely. like... Charlie oh. turns into a T-Rex. Turns into a T-Rex. That's okay. right. Yes. And when is that book out? That is out about six months. <gasps> oh, my goodness. So soon. That's soon. really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I can't wait to read. I genuinely love this book. I can't wait to read the next one. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, thank now, you. every author does a little kind of quick fire question round with me. Is that okay, okay to start with you now? Yes, absolutely. Um... No, no stress, but I will judge you for your answers, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay. Uh, first I'm going to judge you on the questions as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the challenge is on, fair enough. Uh, books or Kindles? Um, books. Yes, you looked a bit starstruck when you said that, but yes. Uh, heroes or villains? Oh, villains. Oh, okay. I don't know, This is. I feel like I'm revealing myself here. There we go, that's what the questions do. Um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, uh, really... Either would be amazing. I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> writing or reading? Writing or reading, writing or reading. That's a difficult one. I'm, wait, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but re- writing. Writing. Okay. Uh, chicken or T-Rex? Ah, chicken. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of the same thing, essentially. Uh, yeah, they are kind of like tiny dinosaurs, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Hogwarts. Oh, right. Okay. A laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Everyone says that. Roll Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Roll Dahl. Roll Dahl. Uh, bookshop visit or school tour? Well, I've never been on a school tour Ooh. until next week where I start my first ever school tour. So um, y- y- I'll have to come back again and answer that yeah, after the, I've done it. For the T-Rex I'm, book, yeah. For the T-Rex book. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified about what the school tour um, has, has in store for me. Okay. Um, but I'm also very excited too. A lot of authors like the school tours more, actually. It's interesting. Um, I have to admit, I, I, am, I, I can't wait to do oh, it. I can't wait to do it. That's great. I'm sure the kids will be delighted to hear that. Yeah. Um, do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? I have a full-time job and I have three children, so I write whenever I can. <laughs> and finally, uh, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? 
Easy. Salt and vinegar yes. every single time. Yes. I don't know what was wrong with people who eat cheese and onion, but they should be ashamed of themselves. You've taken the words out of my mouth. That is, <laughs> that is the only answer I really care about, not going to lie. Um, thank you so much, Sam, for popping by the studio. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. No worries. And everybody needs to get Charlie Changes into a Chicken right now. It's out at this very moment in time. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I hope you enjoy it. And do, do contact me if you like it, but don't if you don't. <laughs> Thank you very much to Sam Copeland. Now I'm joined in the studio by book expert Imogen. Hello. Hello. Tell me about all of these amazing books piled in front of you. Right. The first book we have is Midnight at Moonstone by Lara Flecker. Now, what's interesting is Lara is um, trained as a costume maker and she worked in the theatre and film industry and uh, now she works in the museum world and works at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London um, where she is one of the leading experts in the display of fashion and dress Um, and this book kind of throws to that Okay. So, in this book, uh, Kit um, is a little girl and her father is away again. Um, And although she's meant to be staying with her brother and her sister, she kind of steals away and goes to visit her grandfather at Moonstone Manor. Now, Moonstone Manor um, was a costume museum and it used to be filled with extravagant wonders of the world um, in kind of lovely uh, costume form um, but is now kind of an ageing house with creaky floorboards and all all the cobwebs and all that jazz yeah. um, and all the fashion designs all seem a bit dull and lifeless and dusty and gross um, but there is magic at Moonstone um, that Kit soon discovers and all the old costumes come to life at the stroke of midnight Midnight is the most magical time of day, isn't it? Oh, it really is. Always is, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And when the museum's future comes under threat, Kit has to persuade the costumes to help her save it before it's all too late. Will she do it? Read the book to find out. I shall and I will and I can and I will again. Uh, Right, what's up next? The second book is the second book in the Wild Magic trilogy called The Little Grey Girl by Celine Kiernan, who has been hailed by the Sunday Independent Mm. as Ireland's answer to J.K. Rowling. Oh, wow, that's big news. Yeah, big, big news. No one's ever called me that before. I mean, I'm not from Ireland and I'm not an author, but still. (laughs) Um, So in the first of the Wild Magic trilogy, Mupp, who is the protagonist of our story, uh, realises that she's being followed home by a lot of raggedy-looking witches and her great-aunt has just died. And the ra- witches all kind of seize her mum and then the mum comes back and they take her father away and her and her mum and her animals and pet dog and baby brother um, have to get their dad back um, from the magical world that is being ruled by a cruel and terrifying witch that turns out to be, spoiler alert, but the first book is already out, uh, Mupp's Grandma. Oh. Now, in the second book, yeah. the Queen and her raggedy witches have fled and Mupp and Mum and Dad and Crow and Tipper now make the Queen's Castle their home. But, of course, the castle is haunted and there's lots of terrible memories of its past and ghosts wander around the grounds and one in particular is dressed in grey and lurks in the shadows and possesses a magic that could threaten them all. I like the sound of that. 
I like well that makes it sound like I like things that are threatening but I don't but it just sounds like a really good story it is a good story yeah. and it's filled with magic and mystery and danger and Mup again has to save her family uh, in a race against time and she's brave and brilliant and it's a really great book excellent stuff uh, what is up next in your pile of books the third book is Lightning Mary by Anthea Simmons so on one stormy night lightning strikes a group of women and a baby who are sheltering under a tree from the storm and only the baby survives and her name is Mary Anning now Mary she grows up on the Dorset coast uh, in England and uh, she follows her father in a hunt for lots of fossils uncovered by waves um, and landslips and she looks for these ancient creatures all turned into stone Um, yet tragedy and despair much like her childhood are never far away unfortunately um she is also fighting to become a scientist um but in the times that this is set in that was not really a thing um unfortunately and she has everything against her um but mary has not survived the lightning strike for nothing and soon she will make the greatest discovery of all it's a really great book if you like fossils and treasures and you like Dorset and you like storms and you like women. Yeah, I like all of these things. You are going to like this book. Brilliant. That's Lightning Mary on Fun Kids. Next up, we got a book that, oh, the cover looks nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's oh. lovely, isn't it? Very pretty. Never judge a book by its cover. But I but can and I will. also do. Yeah. Uh, this book is A Song for a Whale by Lynn Kelly. Okay, so in this book, uh, this book is about a little girl called Iris, who is a 12-year-old girl who also happens to be deaf. And she goes to a regular school where she is the only deaf person um, with the assistance of a sign language interpreter. And she has no friends at the school, and quite sadly, and she keeps being paired up with a classmate who claims to know sign language, but whose hand motions don't make any sense to Iris. So it just makes Iris feel really alone. She has never let the fact that she's deaf Uh, bother her before because she lived with her grandparents and they were really understanding but her grandpa just died and her grandma is just not the same without him and she just feels like home isn't home anymore Um, so the only place that she feels like home is in her electronics workshop where she loves taking apart antique radios which is really interesting and then during a science lesson all about sound waves iris finds out about a whale who is unable to communicate with other whales and obviously iris kind of she gets it yeah gets it, she yeah. understands the lonely whale awakens something in iris and she is determined to show him that someone in the world knows he is there and an adventure of a lifetime later iris and the whale each break through isolation to help one another and be truly heard in ways that neither had expected and it's all about courage and learning to be okay with yourself and loneliness and it's a really heartwarming book and i would highly recommend lovely stuff thank you for that and what is your last book in your big top five this time it is lenny's book of everything by karen foxley i like the look of this tell me more about it so this book is about a little girl called Lenny who lives with her mum and her younger brother Davy, um, just after their dad has walked out their lives. Um, and when Davy is born, he is a perfectly normal, healthy little baby. Um, 
but on Davy's fifth birthday, he starts to grow. He's four foot nine by the time he's six, and he does not stop there. He keeps growing. Uh oh. Then uh, Lenny's mum enters a competition to win Burrell's Build It at Home encyclopedia set that she did never imagine she would win, uh, but she did. And each week, the latest issue arrives, and it's here where Lenny and Davy discover a whole new world of birds and beetles and creatures and places they've never heard of. And with each new issue comes new adventures, and Lenny and Davy are taken on a journey. It's a really lovely book, uh, told over a few years of the kids' lives, and it tells of growing up and learning and the hardships of living with someone you love who is a bit different and it is heartwarming and it's heartbreaking and it's just a really really fabulous book um and something like i've never i've I've never read anything like it before and i would highly recommend amazing stuff thank you so much imogen uh no worries now we're doing something on fun kids at the moment where we're voting for our favorite author i wondered whether you had somebody in mind that you would want to put a little vote in for oh that is really really quite tricky yeah i know right i mean there's there's obviously the big the big guns like the Jackie Wilsons yeah. and the Danny Wallaces yeah. of the world, um, but I think I would have to say Kieran Millwood Hargrave. Oh really? Yes. Interesting. Because I just love the way that she interprets fairy tales and kind of the mystical world, and um, yeah, I think she's brilliant. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a really good show actually. So um, all of the Fun Kids presenters have an author to champion. Sean's got Tom Fletcher. Uh, George has Cressida Cowell. Connor's got Julian Clary. I've got Danny Wallace. Yay, old friend of the show. And Louise has Sophie Anderson. Josh has Helena Duggan. And Dan has Matt Haig. So lots of authors there, but loads of other ones as well to get behind, including, of course, David Walliams as well. Amazing. He's a good one. We've also got um, M.G. Leonard, uh, who wrote all the Beatles series. You know, lots and lots. Oh, Maz Evans as well, who's written all the Who Let the Gods Out series. And Robin Stevens. Ah, oh, a good friend of the show, Robin Another Stevens. friend of the show. So um, if there is an author that you love that you think deserves to win, you've got to tell us right now. Absolutely. Go and vote. Where can we go to vote, Bex? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, funkidslive.com. Go on there, click on probably my face, and you will see a little book award situation. Perfect. There I you go. will go and do that now. Please do. Uh, thank you so much, Imogen. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, next up, we're going to have a little chat to Harriet Moncaster, the author of the Isadora Moon series. So I'm joined in the studio by Harriet Moncaster. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, now, thank you so much for coming back to Fun Kids. Got a brand new book in the Isadora Moon series. Tell me all about it. Okay, so Isadora Moon Has a Sleepover is uh, a story about where Isadora Moon goes and stays at her best friend Zoe's house and she experiences a human sleepover and also um, there's another whole thread about a baking competition that they're doing at school and Isadora and Zoe um, have to bake the most spectacular cake to try and win um, this competition at school but they get a little carried away with using magic while they're making it. Yes, um, it's fair to say Zoe maybe leads her a little bit astray, what yeah, do you say? Yeah, and then Isadora has to sort of work out what's the right thing to do because she's realised they may have slightly cheated, really, with their cake. And they're influenced by a show on TV, which um, were you influenced perhaps by The Great British Bake Off? Um, I guess it probably was in the back of my mind a bit, yeah. Um, yeah, so their show is called Sponge and Sprinkles. Um, and, yeah, it probably was slightly influenced by the 
the great British Bake Off. Everyone loves cake, though. Everyone loves that kind of like being at home and making something. And the girls get together and they make this this quite impressive cake. Uh, can you tell our listeners the layers? I believe there's, I think there's lots of different flavours in it. Is that right? Yeah. So um, they make a massive five-layered cake. It is beautiful. In the pictures, in the book, you can see it's just like this most... If you were to imagine the best cake ever, you would probably imagine that cake. It is quite exciting. And there are like magical sprinkles on the top of it and like little fireworks and that kind of thing. Yeah, little sparks shooting off it. And um, it's lots of interesting flavours. I think they have lemon and raspberries and chocolate and pumpkin is one of the layers and coffee to try and try and encourage the teacher to like it because their teacher loves drinking coffee so they thought that might be a good idea that is an excellent bribe isn't it yeah (laughs) so um what else do they get up to on their sleepover because i used to love sleepovers what do they get to do um so they do a lot of dressing up um at first they obviously bake the cake that's quite a main thing um they tell ghost stories together um oh isadora moon has a special magical blow up fairy cloud um sort of big pink fluffy cloud to like, as her mattress that her mum has packed for her because her mum's a fairy so they both sleep on that together and it's very bouncy um and she also enjoys um experiencing a an electric toothbrush because she's never seen one of those <laughs> before and zoe has one and um yeah she puts some toothpaste on that and goes splats all over the bathroom because she's not sure how to use it at first because we should say if people haven't read the series before that she's quite an interesting character because her mum's a fairy and her dad's a vampire so it's quite a quite a big family background there yeah so um she's a vampire fairy and she's not used to the human well she's a bit used to it now um because she goes to a human school but originally she wasn't and her parents didn't really integrate in human society so yeah. Is there anything in particular that's been really fun to write about from the point of view of non-humans, like the toothbrush thing, like just kind of doing it and be like, oh, this is really weird? Um, yeah, there's quite a few things where that are very new experiences for Isadora that are just normal for us. Um, for example, when Isadora Moon has a birthday, she desperately wants a human birthday party. Like she's uh, she's been to lots of human birthday parties at school and had bouncy castles and jelly and ice cream and all that sort of thing. And her Mum and dad have no idea how to host <laughs> a human birthday party and because um, they're used to uh, vampire parties and fairy parties, which are very different. So so there's just an example. But there's just every, every, like so many little things in Isadora's life uh, are quite new to her because her, her mum and dad um, are very, I don't know, not knowing about human things. I also love that Zoe made um, fairy bread. Oh, yeah. Which is really cute. And it's something that my Australian friends know quite a lot about. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never had it before, but it looks delicious. Yeah. See, I don't know how many people knew about fairy bread, but when I was little, it was a thing. And it was basically a piece of white bread with butter on it. And then you just get some hundreds and thousands and sprinkle them on and eat it. And it's just crunchy and buttery and... I mean, I probably wouldn't enjoy it now, but I loved it as a child. <laughs> it is like, meant to be like a delicious, almost cakey kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was called fairy bread. But yeah. I think I think quite a few people have heard of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I re- yeah, I really want to try it. Yeah. What's your favourite cake? Oh, um, probably chocolate. Uh, chocolate and cherry, maybe. Oh, nice. Ooh, yeah. A little Black Forest kind of situation going on there. Yeah. That's delicious. We should also say as well, um, I don't want to give away what happens in the book, but at the end of the book, there is, uh, you've got like activities and stuff to do on a sleepover, which is cool. Oh yeah, so in, in the back of sleepover, yeah, there are a few um, 
little there's a recipe um i think there is a quiz or there's a build a story yeah there's a few little extra things to do at the back of the book as well yeah that was really sweet it's a nice little surprise at the end of it because you get yeah. like, more stuff in the book basically yeah uh, so what else is isadora going to be up to because you have written loads of isadora stories <sighs> what else has she got on the go uh, well, what's coming up next? Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one, I don't know if I'm allowed to say Ooh. what it's called or anything, but it is more on the vampire side. So it's a bit more of a gothic one, this one. And she goes to a vampire ball. That's exciting. Yeah, on her dad's side of the family. <gasps> so Cool. And do you have loads more books planned out in your head? Um, yeah, I do have quite a few more in my head. Brilliant. So, there is more Isadora coming. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us, Harriet. That oh, was awesome. Thank you for having me. And now it's time to hear a little bit from the brand new Isadora Moon book. We all followed Miss Cherry into the classroom. I sat down at my desk and the dragon sat next to me. It kept puffing out clouds of stars and glitter into the air. The boy sitting in front of me began to sneeze. Shoo! Now, said Miss Cherry from the front of the class. We are all going to take turns to come up to the front of the class and talk about our pets. Who wants to go first? Bruno shot his hand up into the air and Miss Cherry beckoned him to the front. This is George the Iguana, said Bruno, holding out a large lizard-like creature for everyone to see. He has a... a... a tissue! A stripy tail and... a tissue! He needs to be kept warm. Lovely, said Miss Cherry. A tissue. Bruno continued talking about his iguana, but he was finding it difficult. The air was becoming thick with stars and glitter. It wasn't long before everyone in the classroom was sneezing. Glitter can be very itchy when it gets up your nose. Oh dear, said Miss Cherry through sneezes. I think you had better go next, Isadora, and then maybe take the dragon outside for a bit. I walked up to the front of the class. The dragon followed me excitedly, wagging his scaly tail. Um, I began, feeling a bit shy. This is a tissue, a dragon. The dragon hopped up and down next to me. It started to flap its wings proudly. Dragons like, um, I continued, realising that actually I didn't know much about dragons at all. A tissue! The dragon flapped its wings harder, disturbing a box of art supplies next to Miss Cherry's desk. Pencils and crayons exploded into the air. I think, began Miss Cherry, but at that moment the dragon knocked over a row of poster paints, which fell over and burst open, spattering paint up the walls and all over the floor. Er, uh, I continued, feeling panicked. The dragon was extremely excited now. It rose up into the air and tried to fly around the room, knocking over anything in its path. Zoe's puppy began to bark and leap across the desks. Samantha's Siamese cat started to yowl, while Jasper's snake hissed and slithered away from him. Ah! screamed Samantha, jumping up on top of her desk. The snake is on the loose! Ten seconds later, the classroom was in chaos. Help! shrieked Samantha. Where's my snake? shouted Jasper. Stop! I yelled at the dragon. But the dragon didn't want to stop. It was enjoying itself too much. Oh my goodness! wailed Miss Cherry with her head in her hands. I didn't know what to do. The dragon was destroying the classroom. Round and round it went, wrecking everything in its wake. There was nothing else for it. I opened the window. 
As soon as the dragon sensed the fresh air, it launched itself towards it. Flap, flap, flap went its shimmery, scaly wings, and my hair blew back in the breeze. Stars and glitter swirled around the room, and then it was gone, flying out across the playground and up into the sky. Thank you so much to Harriet Mancaster for popping by, fun kids. Next up, it's time to talk to Alex Milway, who's the author of a brand new book called Hotel Flamingo. Hello, lovely to meet you. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you so much for coming by. Pleasure. Now, you've got a brand new book out, which I have read and loved. Thank you. It's called Hotel Flamingo. It is, yes, that's Uh, right. Tell our listeners a little bit about it. Uh, Well, it's basically a story of a girl that inherits a hotel for animals, which... um, it sounds kind of weird, but there's no other human, so it's basically just Anna. Yes. And she's looking after all the different types of animals of the world that come to come to stay. Which as you can imagine has has is immensely difficult because some animals want to eat other animals possibly. Or some animals ha- are like thirty foot long and some animals are insects. Well so- yeah. She has like cockroaches who come to stay. Yes. And of course, not many hotels would accept cockroaches. No, no I like that. I thought it would be challenging. Because there was a mad. I sort of, my idea was instead of a zoo, because it'd be quite easy for her to run a zoo, but that's a very weird situation and the animals can't leave the cage and things. I thought another way of having a, a sort of a child look after animals would basically to be returned to a hotel. So they would be there, her guests, and she could welcome them in. And the idea being that her hotel, in order to compete with the competition, the Glitz, which is this sort of mega hotel that's very exclusive and doesn't accept um, animals like cockroaches in, uh, she welcomes everyone in, including the cockroaches. So she's, it's the sunniest hotel on Animal Boulevard. It's um, She tries to make it as warm and welcoming as possible. But when she first goes there, it's pretty run down. She's not yeah. been left in the great state. <laughs> One of the, my favourite things is, uh, particularly in TV shows or in books or in films, or anything, is when you get to do something up. And it could be anything, you know, like from a shop to a hotel to even just doing up your house. But um, the idea of doing up a hotel and it being kind of art deco, you know, from the 1920s, yeah. the period styly sort of thing. So I've tried to borrow a bit of that um, and make it look... Yeah, I like taking things from a wreck with cobwebs here and there and jazzing them up, making them all bright and shiny and lovely. And she gets new staff members as well because she walks in there yes. and there is two staff members, right? Yes. Uh, Lemmy and T-Bear. They've been there for a long time when nobody's been there. Oh, and they live there and they're like, it's their home. They love it. <laughs> and then luckily she she finds the finances for some new staff members. Yes. So uh, who does she get? Oh, th- this was a lovely moment because obviously when you create a book and stuff, you think about, oh, who, what characters could I have? And so you think about all the things you loved as kids, things like the Muppets, thing, uh, all things with animals and different types of creatures. And um, so, yes, there's Madame Le Pig, who's probably one of my favourite characters, and she's the chef, and she's a really angry chef. And she's like, no, you will not come in my kitchen. Get out of my kitchen. All chefs are like um, that, though. I That's know exactly. quite so true. It's not really playing up to any... Yeah, no, I'm keeping the stereotype alive. Um, but So I love that. So it's really great to pick different animals. So she's a pig, and uh, you have a big hippo, and she comes, and she's the cleaner, and I like the fact that she sneezes at the dust. So she's got this really big nose, but she has a very sensitive nose, so she's very... Um, I can smell dust and dirt anywhere. And she won't be having until that's cleaned. And uh, then they have a, a giraffe come in who's really great at handy, handy yeah. jobs and stuff. And because she's really tall as well, Stella's great so she can reach high things and she's got you know got her boiler suit on and she's got, which is very you know, on trend. It's great. So she's dressed up smart. And um, yeah, who else is there? God, there's a squeak. There's a little mouse who runs there. He's very quiet. Oh, he yeah. In the, in the lives lift. in the lift. It doesn't, yeah. have, doesn't see much daylight. Bless him. <laughs> he lives in the lift. It's, it seems like a really lovely, like, old-fashioned hotel as well because you have, like, the big pool and you have the big yes. staircase and everything like that. And it's all a bit, yeah, and it's all a bit broken. So what was lovely was to say so at the pool, they have to fix the pool within the book. And that's one of the, the nice little story ideas is that the... the uh, because it stopped working and a lot of flamingos come in to help out with sort of marketing the place. And, but they, they need to go, flamingos don't need a bed, you see. They like 
to stand in a lake on one leg probably and fall asleep. So they need to get the, the swimming pool up and running again. Did so you have to research pool. animals or yeah. hotels for this? Both. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a lot. Because I, I know it didn't stay in a hotel very much as a kid. Um, recently, I've stayed in a few more. But um, I love looking at all the old photos of all these really old yeah. um, hotels from well, maybe turn of the century, turn of the, some nineteen going to the twentieth century, when hotels became really big and holiday became really big, and the style was everything. And I love, you know, there's some zigzaggy carpets. There's all sort of quite dizzying kind of a way. Yeah. There's so many wallpapers. I've gone mad drawing wallpapers. <laughs> but it makes me really happy to have lots of pattern. Yeah. Which is something I've probably not really done that much before. And so, yes, to get to research that was really brilliant. And the animals, absolutely. Even just drawing them. As you said, you do the drawings as well. You do I the illustrations. And the they're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I, what comes first? Is it drawings or the, or the writing? Uh, or? Ooh, a, a, a bit of both, really, because I always have a notebook on me, so I'm always drawing, and ideas sometimes pop out of that and go, and or sometimes just an idea comes to me and, and it goes the other way. Because, I mean, this started out, I saw my little daughter, she was probably about three at the time, playing with a load of her, her animal toys. Right. And she was basically, you know, you do this, you go to bed, you go into that. And that's where the idea of a girl looking after animals came from. And so that was very much, you know, oh, that's where that idea comes from. Right. And it goes on. Yeah. It's not always that simple, but that was great have to have to see that and think, you know, I, I like this idea of a, a girl taking it on herself and. And uh, becoming all entrepreneurial and setting up a business and, you know. <laughs> looking uh, yeah, that. Anna is very, um, she's straight to the point, isn't yeah, she? She, she, wants she's she wants She's a doer. She wants be successful. Yeah, yeah, she's a doer. Yeah, yeah. straight away she goes like, in My there. daughter is that, you see. That's exactly my youngest daughter. She's a doer. So um, this is very much for her and about her. She looks quite similar to Anna. Oh, really? Yeah, she's got long brown hair. and she, now I've made some of the hats, some little bellhop hats. And, and now she's, she's got onto work and she looks just like it. It's so exciting. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. <laughs> also, apparently there are, is it 20 snails hidden in the book? Oh, yes, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really fun because there's quite a lot of, there's some really great books out there where, which is just for looking, like Where's Wally, I guess, started off, but you look for all of the little things throughout the book and I thought it would be really nice to do that. I mean, and I like the idea also that there is a snail with a home on his back wanting to sort of possibly, maybe he wants a room, but nobody's noticed him yet or <laughs> he's not found snow. a way to sort of, hello, can I have a room, please? But he's in, yeah, so he's, he's dotted throughout. Um, is it a four book series as well? Yes, yes. That's Almost exciting. finished the second one currently. Um, so it is really exciting. And I love, I, you know, it's so nice to have, um, the, the next one's going to be uh, sort of set in the summertime. So it's there's a heat wave and it's all really bright and hot. You know, and I love the hotel's great because you can go sort of seasonal. The different animals come at different times. And obviously, the weather plays a part, but also the different types of guests. So if I did a sort of a winter book, possibly towards the end, then I can have extreme sports and it can be surfboarding, sort of polar bears and stuff. Oh, my uh, goodness. Or, well, you know, uh, snowboarding. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be great. That sounds amazing. Do that. That yeah, sounds I'm brilliant. Do that. Yeah, yeah. just penguins things. all over the shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lots of penguins. <laughs> um, brilliant. Well, um, for every author, I have a little quick fire round of questions yes. to do, if that's okay with you right now. Lovely. Yes, do it. Okay, fab. Okay, uh, books or Kindles? Books. Every author says that. <laughs> Heroes or villains? Oh, villains. Villains. Oh, interesting. Um, boutique hotel or B and B? Ah, boutique hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, uh, film. Film, yeah, for this book? Yes. Yeah, excellent. Writing or reading? Writing. Writing. Room service or restaurant? Room service. Yeah. Uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? Oh, Hogwarts. Hogwarts, uh, me too, every time. Laptop or write by hand? I like writing by hand, but it's easier on the laptop. I guess, I do you do know. drawing by hand? Yes. Yes? Okay, uh, that, that uh, qualifies. <laughs> uh, Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Oh, gosh, Jacqueline Wilson. Oh, interesting. That's, I didn't think you were going to say that. Uh, book, shop, visit or school tour? 
school tour. Oh, I can see the pain on your face oh, when you said really that. Hard. It's really tricky. Um, write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? Oh, I'm quite factual. Like, yes, nine to five. Oh, right. And finally, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Oh, no. Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? Cheese and onion. Then my oh. wife will hate me. She hates me for having cheese and onion crisps. Well, your wife is correct. <laughs> Salt and vinegar is the best one. <laughs> so, I've had so so uh, far fewer cheese and crisps since I got married. I must admit. Excellent, she's doing <laughs> the world a service. This yeah, is good. Um, that that was brilliant. Thank you. I feel like we got to know you better as, a, as an author there. Um, so Hotel Flamingo is out right now. Everybody can see the. I mean, if you get it, it's beautiful. The, the front thank cover you. just looks so lovely, and um, it is a magical book. So thank you so much for popping by. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Alex, come back for the next ones as well. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Thank you so much to Sam Copeland, to Harriet Mancaster and to Alex Milway for popping by the Fun Kids studio to talk about their book and to Imogen for telling us about the top five books of the moment. There is just enough time to give you the answer to my big book trivia question. Today's was, what was the name of the last ever How to Train Your Dragon book? Was it A, How to Seize a Dragon's Jewel? Was it B, How to Fight a Dragon's Fury? Or was it C, How to Betray a Dragon's Hero? I can tell you the answer is B, How to Fight a Dragon's Fury. And did you know, there are 12 books in the How to Train Your Dragon series. 12 books. Well done, Cressida Cowell. She's been very, very busy indeed. That's pretty much it from me on this week's book podcast. If you like this, thank you so much. Uh, Go and subscribe. Go and like it. Go and tell your friends all about it. And I'll see you next time. Bye. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.